commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! From the deep core to the outer rim territories, I'm Grex Kondak, and this is Core World News, your Star Wars news podcast for all the latest and breaking stories from the galaxy far, far away. Here are your featured segments and news stories for February 15th, 2019. Resistance Recap, Kyber Crystal Comics Corner, Reading Rathgar, Hollownet Rumors, and stay tuned for an intergalactic interview with writer-director-creator George Kirsten about his time writing for the Clone Wars. But first, a credible Star Wars news site, Fanthatrax, is reporting that a teaser trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine does indeed exist and has been distributed to cinemas in the UK. Now for your hosts, Ben Grant and Adam, to discuss. Wow. So this yeah. sounds like it's some serious, like, covert operation stuff. Like, this is some, some spy stuff, right? Yeah, um, Fantaprax reported it, I think, last night, and uh, I actually have a little quote. Uh, they, this is what they were told, and I, I'll read it out for everyone. Uh, a major UK cinema chain has received a digital cinema package, DCP, from Disney this morning called TT1SW9. No news on when they'll get the key, but they had the Aladdin trailer DCP for two weeks before it came out on Monday. Therefore, Friday might be the day, but that's pure speculation, and that's what yeah. Fantaprax put out. Yeah. Wow, so that's not really ambiguous at all. Yeah, I mean, we don't know when it's gonna, you know, they're gonna get the key and be able to unlock it. But I mean, it's out there. I mean, they're it, it's sitting in these these cinemas, so that's that's pretty exciting. Like that's yeah. I'm pretty pumped for that. I'm wondering. So, what movie do you guys think they're gonna attach that tr- teaser to? I mean, that's, that's... an obvious, it's an obvious movie, but it's I I I don't know if it's yeah. gonna be. It's two movies, really. It's Captain Marvel or Endgame, right? It's like which one were they gonna put? Are they gonna put it in front of? It's got to be Captain Marvel if they're going to put it in front of something, right? Because why would they put yeah. it out? Why would they give it to him this early? I think they did something similar with Frozen 2, right? Mm-hmm. I think. But I, I think they had it for... A f- or no, you were saying, yeah. You are saying for um, uh, uh, for Aladdin. And I think the Frozen 2 trailer just dropped. And that comes out a month before uh, Star Wars 9. And so I think the mm. thought was that kind of math lines up with... Um, if, if it was Captain Marvel as opposed to Endgame. Right. Yeah. And if we're just seeing reports now, and we know Captain Marvel comes out March 8th? Okay. 8th? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, that's a perfect timeline uh, when you compare it to the Aladdin DCP and how long that was sitting around in the, yeah. in the cinema. So, I mean, like, that's that lines up perfectly. So we are going to get a Star Wars Episode Nine trailer before Captain Marvel. That's pretty exciting. That is very exciting, yeah. And I think I think logical I, I buy that more than the super bowl you know i think we're all you know so right right yeah because it's them driving their own content and their own mm-hmm. you know their own ip and doing it on their own terms it'd be yeah. cool if it came out sooner but it makes it makes sense that i mean it'll be there um in front of captain marvel mm-hmm. yeah so that's yeah. uh pretty cool it's gonna be yeah. a long month yeah right <laughs> right now that we know it's there, it's like that yeah. much more difficult to wait for it. I kind of wish that story didn't drop. It's driving me nuts. Like it's just to know <laughs> it's like it's like Christmas, right? If you celebrate Christmas, it's like seeing it's like if your parents put the Christmas. This is going to sound so privileged, but if your parents put the Christmas, you know, presents down too soon. You just sit there and stare at them for days. Be like, <laughs> right. Uh, yes, I want that. Why can't yeah. I have that? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, awesome. That's interesting. Because, um, I mean, I don't believe shooting wraps until the end of this month. So, I mean, it's it's, it's interesting. I wonder what we're going to see. I wonder if we'll get some VFX shots and uh, and what those will be. I mean, I kind of want something different than I, I kind of. I love the Falcon, but I kind of want a different treatment than we got for the Force Awakens. I, I, I almost want to see more more Ray and more Kylo and really focus in on them. Uh, I, I love Ryan's teaser uh, for the Last Jedi. I thought it was it was it was very focused on uh, Ray and Kylo, and I thought that was just a really strong approach. Yeah, so. the 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 yeah the teasers for both the you know Episode Seven and Episode Eight have been were really strong. Um, yeah, like that Episode Seven trailer teaser just still sticks in my mind. Right, right, to this right. Day. Carrie Fisher in the teaser. Hi. Oh man. Or yeah. they'll maybe hear her. Like, yeah. They'll take yeah. some like audio. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna want to tug on the feels and like yep. you know if they showed us the Chewie were home scene and like in the the trailer. I mean, maybe not the first trailer, but I think sooner or later we'll we'll hear her. Yeah. yeah. I really like those uh those teasers that JJ. Uh, cut together that involved audio from the original trilogy mixed into yes. new 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 footage that was really really cool and it was luke i think talking in teaser number two for the force awakens that i really really liked that that teaser and i'm hoping he does something like that again with what this. if he went way back and like used like uh anakin skywalker quotes or like oh uh, man darth vader <laughs> quotes or, like, yoda yeah quotes, you know I was wondering that. Do we hear Vader? Do we hear Vader or do we hear the breathing or do we hear something that kind of, you know, suggests? Yeah. 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 Maybe some force ghost Vader or something. Yeah. That would be pretty That's a lot for a teaser. That is a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be a lot lot to show. But I mean, it would drum up excitement, um, at least for me. It'll be interesting, too, because, you know, like the new thing, we had talked about the the, the title leak quote-unquote leak last week and mm. the pushback with that is that there's only one person who knows the title for episode nine which is jj but that yeah. can't be true <laughs> right like i, I like, think yeah. so. i think uh actually i do think it's true because i i, I dominic moynihan the uh the actor he he posted on instagram that jj only knows that it's only jj who knows yeah. the title. but yeah. so not to be like then with the the trailer like did yeah he, and the guy who cut the, cut the did, did he go in and type it in when no one was looking at them like locked it and then sent and mailed everything out to everyone you know what i mean like it's it's i you know i understand what they're saying but this i mean the question kind of connected to this is then we have to have a title like there's no way they're going to be like just star wars episode nine no title in a tra- in a teaser right like the, we have to get the title yeah the titer is the title is on that teaser in that case so yeah. it's, it's out there uh we'll, we'll hear it i'll see it soon enough so it's good resistance recap awesome um pretty fun episode uh this week we're getting into the the first order stuff and really you know a lot of the echoes from um the empire coming through and Uh we even got some like nuggets of them talking about like what it was the parallels between the first order and Uh uh the empire yeah 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 so it's this uh episode 16 the new trooper i think it's yeah the title yeah um yeah ben that's a good point there's a there's a there's a quote um you know I, I think it's really telling um when um uh oh god my names are escaping me today but basically said that you're you grew up in a time of peace you have no idea what the empire was like and yeah that's something i think we forget with a lot of these characters you know there was it's been 30 years between the fall of the empire right and yeah and now and so 
there's there's fully formed adults who just have been told about the empire and don't necessarily believe it think it might be hype like tam right kind of doesn't really yeah you know buy into that tam and kaz have a good back and forth about the first order and then uh, yeah jaeger definitely it was was that the name you yeah that was jaeger i was just like all i could think of was it's i don't know but i was thinking of alcohol and i couldn't think of what it was right 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 um yeah, I like this episode a lot, and, and and Kaz goes undercover as a uh, uh, first order trooper, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I loved it. I mean, I'm loving all this this spy antics that they're <laughs> going on in the show. It's just so much fun. Um, I really like Kaz too. He's really growing on me. It's becoming, you know, coming, you know, he's fast approaching uh, the level of you know love I have for all these other characters in in the story, and I feel like he might be one of my favorite Star Wars characters at this point. Like, I'm really into him as a spy and being this kind of assistant and aide to Poe Dameron. Like, I just love, I love his, his kind of arc and his approach so far. And, I, and things really seem like they're heating up. So yeah. I'm excited to see where it goes after it's really, this. Yeah, it's really rocketing towards the finale, right? Because I think we have two more episodes after this. Yeah. 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 And we find out a little more about the First Order's plans, right? I like that ending with that star map at the end and just showing... Right. Like yeah. that's the first time in kind of new canon we've visually seen the size of the first order, right? Like we didn't get that. We, we you know, episode seven, we get them on the planet on Star Killer Base, and we see one garrison, and then in episode eight, we see you know one kind of fleet of ships. But seeing all those little red dots was kind of very impressive. Yeah, yeah. super. Yes, yeah. I mean, I'd always thought like the one the fear factor for the first order is how vast their their force is. Right. And how, I mean, like they, it's like they just have a, a ship, you know, like the size of two planets next to each other, you know, with mm-hmm. the yeah, su- the supremacy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And like, who knows how many other toys they have like that in the, you know, or weapons they have like that throughout the galaxy. Um, yeah, it was really cool. I think like he Kaz has got a lot of Luke Skywalker in him. You know, he's sort of this sort of bumbling, like, yeah. well, you know, well-meaning person. He's actually probably more well-meaning than and less bratty than than luke was um but he's like he knows his limits he's trying his hardest he sort of bumbles through but um you know his good heart sort of finds a way he is like we're i still feel like we're very much in the early part of his character arc and it would be really cool to see him mature over a couple of seasons and become you know he could become a leader he could be a, a crack like ace pilot um he could you know he could be the leader of the of the ace squadron like the new um the new leader of the aces yeah uh, or you know like you know like a captain under poe or you know and it would be really fun to see him sort of build confidence as he goes and you know and and see his his character develop um they just really started him in a great place i think yeah i agree i think you took the words right out of my mouth he really is a, a very much an analog for luke and and probably the clearest one we've seen in a long time i i really had that thought in this episode of just like he in the last couple episodes like he has that really 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 good heart and big heart and he's also very naive yeah yeah i like you know and, and you guys mentioned this a little earlier i love his um his relationship with tam tamara who's the yeah you know, the other mechanic there. And it's like, it's a very real, like three person relationship. Like she looks as him, at him as a threat. Like she was the up and coming, you know, person until this, you know, and, and it, like politically it kind of works too. Cause it's like a male and like, she's just like, why am I being looked over again? Um, and uh, I mean, so it's very real, but on this one, like she sort of comes around and um, I don't know. It was just a really cool conversation with Jaeger. Who's, you know, who saw the empire firsthand. 
and um, and trying to explain this to Tamara. And by the end of the episode, she had her eyes opened, you know, when those two kids that were running away talked about like, you know, how they without without explanation leveled their whole, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love these characters. I think they're super fun. I also like, you know, there's and as always, there's like echoes from like previous movies. And it's like really the whole, you know, all three series are in there. But the whole like putting on having to put on stormtrooper armor um is yeah. sort of like you know they always keep coming back to that and it's it's never not fun and um yeah it was sort of hilarious how they got away with it definitely yeah and it's cool that stuff is getting defined like we, we were talking about the star map earlier it's it's cool to see that uh that they they surround the galaxy they're not just in one sector they're mm-hmm. all over the place that guy right. is that is super interesting i can't wait to see how that the skirmishes develop and how the the scenarios move forward and uh, and it looks like it looks like we're f- fast approaching uh, the Force Awakens at this point. Yeah, yes, you would uh, think yeah. so. They're like poised. They're in battle positions right now. Um, that would be really cool if that's our if that's the last episode we sort of catch up. Um, right. And and if you saw the uh, the preview for the next episode, it's uh, I believe it's titled uh, the Core Problem. Oh, and it's a really cool description that uh, all these planets are being mined or being cored. Where they're, uh, I guess they're, they're uh, yeah. the first order is mining all the substance at the center of, of these planets and leaving these kind of dead planets in their wake, and oh. uh, and and uh, Poe is racing off to Jakku and and actually taking BB-8 away from Kaz and bringing BB-8 with him on the mission makes me think this oh. is the Force Awakens. So We're there. It's like yeah, yeah, right into the Force Awakens right now. So right. really, really excited. That's nothing. That's something I never wow. really think about, right? Because at some point he has to get BB-8 back to Poe. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah and they're occupied so that's not going to be an easy mission mm. you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um wow super cool this is yeah be- yeah i still think at end of season one is star killer base firing on on uh the new republic <laughs> yeah that would be yeah. Pretty amazing yeah. yeah and like maybe they're somewhere in the background or off in the distance or sort of like they arrive too late or yeah. You know, yeah but maybe they're on on hand to see it or i mean actually i mean hosnian prime that's kaz's dad right so yep yep um that'll be more sort of family drama going on there so maybe he's near hosnian prime which would be it'd be nice if we got a little more explanation of how the one laser beam split into 10 laser beams mm-hmm. and covered a whole thing and with relativity and you know Etc. I yeah, that's something I'm okay if they just never try to explain. <laughs> Does that make sense? Because I'm like, yeah. no matter what the explanation or come up with, I'll just be like, it's gonna make me. It's gonna make me harder to suspend my disbelief the more they try to explain that. Or I can just be like, okay, magic. And they bounced on. it off a comet, and the comet perfectly split it into six <laughs> things. It, it's all mirrors and magnets. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. Poor, poor guy had to angle that mirror out in deep space. In deep space, yeah, <laughs> that's what I want. They have, they have the refraction ship that just like refracts that thing. <laughs> wow, that's you just made up a new class of Star Story that I'm in. <laughs> yeah, no, Ben, I know you're a fan of Pink Floyd, right? Like it's I just sure crystals, am. right? Oh, so yeah, you, yeah, it's just the cover of of of, of Pink Dark Floyd. Side. It yeah. is pretty much that's it's exactly much what it is. So we it's saw. a giant space prism. Yeah. I would take that. I want. I, I just want to reconcile that one little bad science moment in my in my mind. Yeah, I feel uh, like I, I really like the structure of the show in terms of how we're isolated on Colossus platform, and it kind of feels like Casablanca, and you, yeah. you kind of like you're you know uh, in this kind of neutral territory during this war of attrition. I love that, but um, 
I almost I wish the show traveled more almost in the the fashion that the movies do. I mean, I like yeah. the cutaways to different planets. And when we were talking about how this how we're moving towards The Force Awakens, like I would love a kind of B story that takes place in Hosnian Prime in this show. Like I don't understand yeah. why that's not yeah. in the show. It's kind of confusing. Yeah, but, maybe season two. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think the galaxy is going to open up quite a bit in, uh, so. in the next season. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And a couple of other quick little notes. Um, I love the little imperfections on the stormtroopers' suits that you can see. Like the animation is just amazing. Yeah. Um, stall like little the, marks. The duck troopers. Yeah, the duck troopers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I loved how they used BB-8 as a stretcher. Oh yeah, yeah that, that was, was really pretty amazing. Throw him over his head and like roll him around. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was pretty much it. And of course, the spooky twins make an appearance again at the beginning. They're going to play yeah. in big at some point soon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and we got more about the Empire from uh, Captain. Um, uh, I keep Doza. Osla Doza. Doza yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and you see, you saw that we learned that he left the Empire pre, um, you know, pre Death Star or so. You know, it seemed like. He yeah. left the Empire. He didn't. He wasn't sort of abandoned when it dissipated, which sort of is like, well, why are you keeping the, the uniform? Right. right. That bummed me out a little bit, just because I felt like it was a more interesting storyteller telling to have someone who did stay with it and had to make a life post right. Empire and and like like this idea of the you know low level Nazis who weren't high enough to be tried for war crimes, but had to figure out what to do after that. You know, that's interesting storytelling to me. Yeah, we might we might get that with Griff, you know. It's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Um I hope and I hope we get I hope we get all the ACES stories at some point because that would yeah. be that would be fun. Agreed. Uh, oh yeah. Cool, man. Well more good things. Uh excellent. Thank you, Grex. We have uh two comics came out this week, and then I have a short little news piece at the end, which I just found out about, which is which is fun. Um so this week we saw Han Solo Imperial Cadet number four of five, um, and then the Age of the Republic Count Dooku uh, standalone. So let's let's start with the Han Solo Imperial Cadet uh, for a bit, and then we'll all talk about uh, Dooku. I'm guessing I'm the only one who read the Han Solo one this week. Yeah, you I mean, are this week, but yeah, yeah, no worries. Not I just wanted to make sure. Uh, so this is the fourth issue. It's a five. It's a five issue miniseries. Um, it's it's Cardia Academy Part Four by Thompson Kirk. Orlandini, Prianto, uh, Karamanga, uh, Magna, sorry, and Nahayama. So there we go. Um, and it's following, uh, you know, Han Solo while he was an Imperial Cadet. Um, we do get him flying some TIE fighters uh, in actual combat in this uh, episode or wow. issue, I should say. Yeah, and a lot of it is him trying to decide whether or not to actively engage. Um, people in the resistance or in the you know in the at this point in the in the uh part of the empire or part of the um uh, yeah rebellion rebellion, rebellion. Yeah. thank you i hit everything but the one i was looking for <laughs> um yeah it's it's interesting uh he does end up having to save some of his his uh squadron mates and so he has to make some tough choices um and it's interesting it's it, there's not a lot there but i do really enjoy this this comic uh there's one line uh, when he's talking to his commanding officer which i think is telling and, and the commanding officer says trying to explain to solo why he ended up joining the empire and his remark was the empire's order solo the end of chaos right and i think that's a good selling point and again connects it to the first order yeah so, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he, we also see in a, a little uh, throwaway scene that uh, he drew or etched his dice on his TIE fighter. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Because they wouldn't let him use the real ones. Or wait, where well, are they? Them. At this point, Kira has them because he hasn't oh, found Oh, nice. Um, awesome. So that's why. And he's so he's pining away for Kira quite a bit in this in this series. Um, okay. Yeah. Life so, so, oh. so it's a pre, you know, uh, it's the last one before the finale next week or next month, I should say. And it looks like we're going to get a little more action and, and we're going to get to see Han on an Imperial spi- uh, a speeder bike. Seems to be promised. So oh, very cool. Fun. Yeah. Um, I just so think Jonathan yeah. Kasdan must have loved this series. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think you so. know he wanted yeah. to work in this space, but he must love the what they're doing. Yeah, it's fun. It's interesting. It's something different, and it's and it, and they really. It's still very Han being Han, but you kind of just see his progression a little bit towards why when he ends up next time we see him on was it Mimba? Um, yeah, Mimba. Yeah. 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 Uh, we we see why he kind of uh, uh, is is just willing to just talk back to the officers and kind of be the solo we know and just walk away from everything. Uh, by the way, I rewatched the uh, solo again this week. Oh. <laughs> Did you enjoy yeah. it? I love it. I, I like that movie more and more every time I see it. I really enjoy it. And uh, update: um, the mall stuff bothered me less this time. I'm starting to just swallow that. <laughs> Uh, I still hate the lightsaber. That's the thing that still drives me nuts. But him him showing up doesn't bother me as much. Honestly, I feel like I, I'm more disappointed that they're not going to be able to build that out more. Okay. I, I want to see, you know, Crimson Dawn develop. I want to see Maul and Kira's relationship develop. I want to see, like, it, it's almost a little jarring to see him at the end of Solo. But if they built that out over three movies, my goodness, I would love I would love to see more Maul. It if he's a crime lord, you know, type character. That's honest. what bothers me, right? It's it's weird for a standalone movie. It makes sense if there was going to be a series, which I think was the plan. So we'll see. Yeah. I still think we'll stuff's going to pop up on um, the streaming. I still think we're going to get some of that stuff in mini series or limited series form. Yeah. Nice. What about just what about just Kira or Landa? Yeah. Like, it does does it have to be Han? You know. Like no, be, exactly. Yeah, that would be a great like if there was a Crimson Dawn episode. I mean, now uh, you're talking oh, Crimson about, like, Dawn. There you go, right there. Just a Crimson Dawn series would yeah. be fascinating. Right. I mean, they maybe we can get this. Like, this could be this that could be its own standalone series. And I just have a feeling we're gonna see it because it, it was set up too perfectly. And I think there's enough people that feel like we do. Um, and I know I've seen it online that they do too. That they want to see this. But now, like the, now the way we're talking, like maybe it's you know we were saying before, like maybe there's a Lando episode and then there's a Boba Fett episode and that's the trilogy, right? It sort of goes yeah. towards, goes towards um, uh, Tatooine and maybe we see Crimson Dawn in the background and like that would be one way to do it. But like maybe it's a whole season, you know, and it's Crimson Dawn for a couple episodes and it's Darth Maul's backstory and it's you know Kira gets her own like episode and. Lando gets its own episode and like maybe Greedo does or something weird, you know, like they sort of start doing these um, vignettes on the way sort of on Mm -hmm. Han Solo's path to to towards uh, a new hope. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, it would be great if like if it was Han's story, but Han is a background character in all of this, like he just comes in for a scene or two or it's just kind of moving his story forward by all the peripheral things that are happening around him. Yeah. That'd yeah. be really, really, really pretty cool because they made yeah. such great, such great characters. So we'll you know, see. And, my money, if we yeah. were going to do our bet, like my yeah. money would be like, we we will see um, more of this story. I think so. I don't think, especially because I know it didn't perform as well as Disney wanted it to, but it it is gotten a lot of love. That movie, yeah. that movie yeah. is thoroughly enjoyed, and it's and it, and it's probably 
you know, up there in terms of the of the new stuff that is enjoyed by fans. And it seems to be a lot of the people I talk to who are just, you know, who don't dislike the Disney era, but but are more kind of like very connected to the original trilogy and kind of, you know, Star Wars was their childhood and they didn't really follow it too much yeah. forward. Um, who have seen Solo really, really, really liked Solo and felt like it was the closest thing to the original trilogy they've seen in a long time. So yeah. I think it's I think it's not gonna I, I think you're right. I think there's there's gonna be a call for it to be yeah. well all three of those actors are so big though, Alden, um yeah, Don Glover and uh and um uh Kira. Yeah, yeah. uh, uh they're all um Emily Clark. I mean Emily, Emily, Clark. Clark. Emily Clark. Yeah. Clark. I mean they're all just huge actors, and I'm sure in their contracts they were negotiated for, for feature deals and not so much like one hour dramas or shows right. of any, yeah. any kind. So I bet what? you, yeah, I bet you Amelia and and uh, Donald Glover did. Um, I think Alden Ehrenreich's contract probably oh. has over a bit of a barrel. Hmm. Interesting, but um, right, yeah. we are confirmed that he signed on for three movies, right? Yeah, right. But, but Ray Park doesn't have much going on, and I mean, no. wouldn't it be fun to have like a Ray Park centric, Darth Maul centric Crimson Dawn series? Wouldn't that be yeah. just a really fun, you know, kind of series? Yeah. To... That would be awesome. Or or, Kira, be or Amelia. Or Amelia Clark could be in like one episode and be dispatched to a, another planet, and then maybe we have new characters that are kind of his underlings like that. But I, I would that would be a great show. I would love, I would love yeah. that show. And yeah, I, I love that it, idea. I mean, if they did two more features with like the Han Solo with like with Lando, and then um, and then Boba Fett, and then like, but then they had a series of just Crimson Dawn, what they're working on, and maybe Amelia Clark, you know, cameos in one or two episodes or something. Yeah. yeah. See, that's what that's exactly what you do. You you do Crimson Dawn series. You do a series like this. You build back up, yeah. Uh, love and want for the for the abandoned storylines from Solo. You wait five years, right? Because there's still a ten years between the end of Solo and right. the New Hope. You right. let those characters, those actors, age five years. Han and Chewie have just been around, kind of running around the galaxy, and then you just you just do the sequel or another story with those actors yeah. five years down the line. You know, when people want to see it, and there's been kind of a push for it. Yeah, yeah. that'd be funny if they did it in real time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just be be fun to have something that's like you know the Sopranos or just some kind of dark you know crime family story uh, on the streaming service. That'd be really fun. Yeah, totally. So then, um, right, the, the Dooku uh, comic yeah. came out. Oh yeah, uh, Age of the Republic, Count Dooku, The Cost uh, by Hauser, Ross, Tartaglia, Lonham, and Rivera. Mm -hmm. Yep. Thoughts. Uh, super fun. I know, like the big thing on the line is you get to see. Uh, there's a couple uh, frames of um, Dooku as a Jedi with mm -hmm. his blue lightsaber, which is pretty yes. cool. Yeah, same yeah. hilt, but blue lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. Yoda and Dooku used to demonstrate lightsaber combat for the the younglings, and right. that was that, that scene you're describing. Yeah, and uh, I I liked um you know we we meet a new uh, Jedi named Jack Zinn. I think who's mm -hmm. a, a Bengal tiger human, <laughs> just a straight yeah. up tiger. Yeah, straight up, like yeah, and um, and he was dope. He was a really cool character, and I was just like, oh, this is why comics are great. But like, that's the kind of thing. Like, you can do that in a feature movie. It's worth the time and money to to make a Beng you know, a Bengal tiger mm -hmm. character cool. in um uh, in in the you know as a Jedi. That would be so fun, or in as any you know character in Star Wars. You just so we see that. Yeah, we know dry dry. Dryden Boss had a few treatments that were almost yes. tiger-like. Oh, right, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what what they were going uh, for when when um, uh, what's his name was playing him before they had to replace him with the reshoots. I'm, I that's thought that right. was kind of yeah, the right. direction they were going. So yeah, 
Wow. Yeah. That's um, right. I think that was the concept art too. So now I feel a little ripped off, but I hope hopefully they'll make it up for me. And also, who's the tiger guy that's like pushing all the tiger content in uh, in Lucasfilm? I want to know that. <laughs> yeah, someone's really <laughs> into tigers. I don't know. It's like it's a yeah, but uh, uh, Charlie Sheen's hanging around somewhere. Right. That's an old reference. Uh, so um, I like the fact that uh, they talk a little bit with that Jedi about the rumors swirling around Dooku and that there's rumors that he was forming a new order of force users. That's right. Yeah. That line. I like that line a lot. Cause I'm like, Ooh, someone's got to be doing that somewhere. Right. In the galaxy. Yeah. That would be really fun. And yeah, he would have been a good, a good candidate for that. And he's like, it's actually kind of an old group of force users and it's just a group of two. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. I like that. I also liked him like sort of thinking back, like regretting Qui-Gon's death. And yep. like, it, you mean like, He's a pathological liar and a very good liar, uh, Dooku. But like, I I got the feeling that like he really did miss his Padawan, um, Qui Gon. Yeah. And, uh, and he was just like, I wonder what would have happened if I was still in the order. And it, like, then then I got to thinking like, oh, you know, and you see Maul killing him, and like, imagine a Darth Maul uh, Count Dooku like sword fight. That would be amazing. That would be yeah, like, that like would a be. saber battle would be like insane. Like if he was there to like to help him out. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Bizarro Star Wars. I, I'm not usually into that, but like that, that's pretty fun to think about. Which like, you know, could have yeah. happened, right? In timeline wise. Maybe. Because they're both. They... Because Maul's alive in the Clone Wars, right? He does have a saber, right? And then Dooku well... is wandering around. Oh, God. But he's like kind of out of commission half a person half spider gone crazy for a good part of the clone wars it'd have to be a tail end yeah i mean it's right towards the end it seems like anyway right yeah right where you are now right season five so it's like sort of by the way i have seen season five what's that i have seen episode five uh, season five i just missed two episodes i texted Mm -hmm. these guys that started season five like this stuff is not familiar to me at all that i missed an entire (laughs) season and then and then we got to the uh, the younglings putting their lightsabers together in that hole. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen this. oh yeah, I just missed a lot of the um, uh, the what's his face uh, character from uh, Rogue One. I missed most of that the original time through. Um, what? Forrest Whitaker's character from Rogue uh, One. Uh, oh, Saw Sa- 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 the yeah. the Onderon arc. Yeah, I missed yeah. a lot of that the first time through. So yeah. anyway, um. Yeah. Uh, Should we just give it give an overview of this comic, like what Dooku's sure. doing? Um, sure. So he's gone to Sullust uh, uh, to tend to his kind of family business uh, and their dealings with the Sorosub Corporation. Yeah, the source. Yeah, I was called Sorosub. There's a Sorosub, there's a Sorosub plant yeah. in um, Battlefront One. Oh, very good. Who played it? It's like a great map. Yeah, and this guy that he first meets, uh, Cap Clip, he has such a cool outfit. Uh, the the Sullisons just look awesome, and the, the environment looks awesome. The city, the state that they're in, looks really really cool. Yeah, it's um, lava fountains, and yeah, and yeah, it's cool. Yeah, then he's interrupted by the Jedi, who thinks he's gone to start his own, you know, order of Force wielders. Uh, but he really says he's just, you know, he's just uh, tending to his family business on Sereno. And uh, that's why he's here. And then he gets wrapped into this kind of uh, spy mission, uh, uh, wherein this Jedi Jack Jack Zinn is trying to uncover the mystery behind some like Kald- a new syndicate called the Keldana Syndicate. Uh, yeah. Guess, uh, Where have we seen the Keldana Syndicate before? 
I was wondering the same thing. That name popped out, and I know I've heard it before, but I couldn't. I couldn't only place it. There's some way to figure. Right. Out. Why don't you keep talking about something, and then maybe <laughs> it'll come to us. <laughs> right. Well, they're just they're just some kind of criminal criminal group that's uh, trafficking weapons on Sullust, and the Republic sees them as a problem, and uh, Palpatine wants Count Dooku to sow discord. And so Dooku goes to help the Jedi, but then when they uh, come upon the syndicate, there's a massive reveal when Dooku ignites his saber and Jackson sees the color of it, which mm-hmm. I was kind of perplexed by because I have some, obviously they're Legends comics, but I have older comics and I believe there was a Jedi Master who actually had a red lightsaber in one of yeah. those and it didn't phase and no, no one was phased by that so yeah well based was, on how lightsabers become red now in new canon i think right that's, yeah. that's yeah. kind of been nixed yeah 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 he's like did you find that i mean he's hoping that he's not a terrible person but yeah there's only right. one to do that and yeah. i mean who knows if they even teach younglings that's how it's done you know probably not yeah right. i'm yeah. so confused uh in the final action sequence, how Dooku kills uh, the Jedi, the Jedi knight. He force levitates a blaster and shoots him. Yeah, shoots him in the back. Yeah. Okay. It's like I had to read. I, I granted, I had to read that over a couple times too because I was like, "Wait, what happened?" And then, oh, I see the. I see the. Uh, there's a blaster dropping in the back. Yeah, it's not yeah. super. Yeah, yeah, there's there's like one frame where it sort of shows the blaster levitating and pointed yeah. at him. And then the last scene, he's like surrounded by blasters pointing at the, the Kaldana operative. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. I just remembered where we had heard the Kaldana uh, syndicate before. And uh, it makes sense that Adam recognized it because it's, it's uh, from <laughs> Most Wanted. Um, oh, okay. A little oh. mini reading Rathar segment. But they... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That they were one of the three uh, crime syndicates that were bidding on that data cube. There we uh, go. Okay. With the droid Gotra and um, the white worms. Nice. And what a great ending frame of Dooku. That the, the his facial expression. Yeah. yeah. So menacing. It's so yeah. interesting. I like it. Yeah, he's cold blooded, man. He really I, is. I like that. I, I I like that character a lot. And um, on that final page again, they you know they just spoke to how he's he's ambiguous it's like he's he's not this obvious baddie you know he's right. like doesn't doesn't look like pure evil and so and Ooh. that's even more scary you know and and indicative of the times that you know that were going on in wartime where it was just like who are your friends who are foes you know and mm-hmm. uh, that just made him such a much better character and like the gravity of like the cl- attack of the clones episode where he's got um you know obi-wan prisoner and he's you, you know he's telling the truth and he's spilling his guts about the thing it just sort of like makes you know i love that sort of teasing your brain and being like well what yeah. if you did you know help him out and went covert ops with you know with him to take out the the senator and what would the you know what would the galaxy look like then like what is what is count dooku's view of the galaxy what does he want yeah. you know? what exactly what's his ultimate goal i really yeah. do feel like it's just for him trying to clean house for the jedi yeah. order but i don't know it seems like power. I mean, he's like yeah. he's so far down the trail, but he doesn't have the gold eyes. Which no, is sort of interesting too. He never gets the Sith eyes. Yeah, yeah. Now you guys make me are making me want a kind of a alternate history storyline where Dooku and Obi Wan actually do team up and how that changes <laughs> the, the course of the Clone Wars. It's coming. We're gonna get it. Oh, They're gonna man. do the 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 um. It, those are such popular comics from the old run that I'm mm-hmm. waiting for Marvel just to do their what if version of Star Wars because yeah yeah it'll happen I bet because they sure. they never did it with the prequel trilogy they only did it with the original trilogy so it'd be a lot of fun to go back 
with each of those and do like what if this one thing changed in each of the prequels and that'd be fun for attack of the clones what if obi-wan right. did team up with dooku right yeah or palpatine dies like or something you know randomly uh, what would happen yeah so the dark side power back in and stuff like that yeah it'd be really interesting in the first one if it was just really dark and like what if anakin died you know right. or or what if qui-gon lived right what if qui-gon won his lightsaber duel right, right. so many different things that would just be fascinating Right. Yeah, there's so many things. I think there was a one of the video games did a, an alt ending where I think it was it was the um, when they did the Return of the Sith video game. Um, they had an alt ending where I think Anakin Skywalker beats Obi-Wan Kenobi and then kills the Emperor. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And like but like stays, you know, stays evil. Yeah. Mm. But like that would be sort of fun to tease out too. Totally. Yeah. Interesting. I'd read it. Yeah, um, yeah. One quick news uh, item for Comic sure. uh, Comics Corner. Um, so currently, Marvel is celebrating their 80th anniversary, and they're doing these fun little stand uh, one-shot comics of like some of their old canceled series. So that Marvel, before they got in the superhero business, did a lot of um, Western comics, horror comics, sci-fi comics, and so they're bringing them back. And they're actually they've done four of them or five of them now. They're really fun reads. Like they take you back to an old time in comic history. Um, but they're doing the same thing for Star Wars. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. They're doing. I did read about a, this. Yeah, yeah. A one shot, and it's gonna be Star Wars number one hundred eight because the classic Marvel comic Star Wars run <laughs> ended in one hundred seven. Um, and it's going to take place in old EU canon verse. Um, and you're going to get some of your favorite characters coming back, like Balance the Hunter, uh, Tag's going to come back. And my favorite, uh, Jackson, which is the bright green rabbit alien, if anyone remembers <laughs> Marvel Star Wars comics from the 60s, awesome. 70s, and 80s. So, uh, yeah, and I think it's going to be a, a continuation of, of Star Wars number 50, which was published way back in 1981. So that's coming out in May, but that's going to be a fun little little standalone. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Whenever, yeah. whenever yeah. someone tries to find plot holes in Star Wars, someone usually the auto post is that rabbit. Like they're yes. like, hey, look at this rabbit existed at one point. So please, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that is really in Star Wars for what? So not a lot of book news. We know Queen's Shadow is coming out soon, uh, but but just wanted to mention that there's an excerpt for Master and Apprentice that just dropped on the StarWars.com uh, website. And uh, in the excerpt, uh, it's really, really interesting because uh, Mace Windu offers Qui-Gon a seat on the Jedi Council. And it's just, yeah, a really fun read. Um, I cannot wait for this book. I'm yeah really hopeful that we get maybe some Dooku Qui Gon stuff going on as well as some Obi Wan and uh, yes. Qui Gon stuff. But uh, and Qui Gon's also um, he's uh, reluctant to continue training Obi Wan. It's really really interesting. I mean, there's a lot of internal struggle that's going on with Qui Gon that I, uh, I think is super fascinating. Oh, that's so, awesome! Uh, definitely check out that excerpt, and that that's really it for reading Raftar this week. Yeah, and when's that dropping? Is it April sixteenth? I think it drops. That's the uh, date I have. Yeah, that's. I think that is correct. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be a fun week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, totally. We'll have to do um do a larger segment on that um on that book once we smash it and um get to read yeah, it. That's going to be yeah, great. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had a good novel, and that one's going to be awesome. Yeah. 
And then I, I got uh, for, I think I mentioned this, uh, I don't know if it was on air or off air, but I got for my birthday, a friend of mine got me the, the Women of the Galaxy book. Um, oh, yeah. So, so um, next time we do a live together, I'll bring that with us so we can kind of look through that and maybe do a reading Raftar segment on that. would be fun. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. Can't wait to check that out. Yeah, it's super and, cool. Yeah, and well, news for reading Raftar scant. I mean, we could just pick a character from the, the Women of of star wars and each week kind of just cover that character or something just yeah oh yeah like that. that's great i like that yeah that'd be, that'd be super fun well yeah bring it around we'll um we'll check it out next week we'll do we'll do neck rumors kill them all all right. all right we got uh we got a few rumors this week not too much to dig into uh let's just get rid of one right off the bat which is that some uh, bogus star wars news uh site uh reported that ryan johnson was cut loose from lucasfilm disney and that his trilogy was squashed and, <laughs> and, and he's not gonna make it and he's no you know he's no longer doing this trilogy but i mean and then ryan johnson johnson just clarified that on twitter that he's most definitely still working on the yeah. trilogy this is a complete a bogus report yeah. so uh we're so, just we're that, just getting reports of the haters' vision boards yeah, that yeah. we keep talking about. You wish, like, nerd. And I, I would put yeah. money on that being a Russian troll. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Now, yeah. like, all divisive like social commentary is Russian trolls being jerks. Yeah, I mean, they're I definitely doing, like doing doing the bidding of the Russian trolls, that's for sure. But um, They certainly are, yeah. yeah you yeah. wish, nerd. That's what I have to say yeah. about that. Yep, so that's just completely bogus rumor. Disregard that everyone who follows Star Wars information. Uh it's just not real. And uh, so let's move on to some other rumors that are actually more interesting and we can actually talk about. So um, all right, an HBO exec uh, let leak that uh, Benioff and Weiss are indeed working on a trilogy of films. It was a little nice. obscure before we heard it was a kind of yep. a film series. We didn't know how many films that would be. A lot of us were thinking like an eight part or Harry Potter kind of like right. epic in the old Republic. I mean, but now we're, there's there's more information that's that's hinting at that this, this is going to be a trilogy of films. So. That's right. a little more lean than uh, than I was thinking it would be. So uh, that's kind of exciting. I kind of I like a uh, a kind of story that comes a triad. I like I think that's more uh, doable. You know, it's more practical, and uh, you can connect more things without having things become convoluted. So, and it's very Star Warsian, the classic mm-hmm. trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. And let's you know let's not stray too far out and start blowing out you know kicking down walls um, <laughs> on the on the the IP yet. You know, right. Um, so and you know hey if they love doing one trilogy and everyone enjoys it there's nothing that says they can't do another i just can't believe how hard these guys work i mean they've been working on game of thrones for like i mean a decade mm-hmm. and and it's like they're just gonna go right into star wars like i i they must just love what they're doing which they should given the budgets they're working with and the caliber of acting and writers that they're working around but um it's still really impressive it's a lot of work it's like you have no life while you're doing these things so um, I'm just super impressed and super proud of them and can't wait to see what they make. Yeah, yeah agreed. And, uh, and Game of Thrones is a little more grimdark and uh, there wasn't, uh, there's not a lot of spiritual, there's spirituality in the piece and there's a lot of interesting mystical elements in Game of Thrones, but right. I don't think anything compares to the spirituality in Star Wars. There's just, a, it's really, it's really soul sucking. You really have to think deep down about how you're going to tell this, you know, this more mystical story than, than you told before. That's a really good point. I mean, and yeah. there's a lot of like after being like having to kill off all the your main characters that you love and like all this incest and like murder and like it's probably like going to the Star Wars galaxy and be like, oh, this is kind of nice. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like I can just tell great hero stories the way it should be. Yeah, uh, totally. But, um, yeah, so that's cool. That's fun. That's um, and then finally, 
kind of an unfortunate leak on Reddit. Uh, a lot of the Maybe. costumes, pos- and this could be just fake. We don't even know what it is, really. But uh, a lot of kind of blurry, low-res pictures of, of character costumes, kind of uh, costume tests, uh, screen tests that were shot, uh, leaked onto Reddit. And so uh, I-, I actually didn't want to look at it. I kind of wanted to keep the movie a mystery for myself. But I ended up seeing it somehow, some way. And, uh, and uh, it looked real enough. Uh, it's a little unfortunate because this is kind of this isn't this is a, a stolen these are stolen photos so it's not something I, I I really want to address head on but it does it will what I'll say is I'm not going to talk about the photos per se but I will I will process the photos in my speculation from here on out and but and that's kind of that's all I'll do I'm not going to go in depth about each yeah. photo uh, yeah. So I saw them too. I, I was, it was one of those things where I just I had this, I had the same struggle that you had Grant and I'm kind of like, well, you know, we host a Star Wars podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. I probably should check it out. I'm, I don't, it, it, it did not affect me in the least that I checked it out to be honest. And yeah. that's not like, yeah, you know, same mile, mileage may vary based on who you are. So I'm not telling you, telling you to go check it out. But like, mm-hmm. I, again, I don't want to specifically say what's in them, but there's some photos that come from other set photos that came out. There's a, picture of poe that looks almost very close to what we saw in a set photo that's right um there the new droid is exactly as was described to us in another leak does that make sense yeah certain characters we kind of already knew what they were going to be and so this just confirms that and helmet is another leak too that was yeah which and, makes and, now you're making me think that this is all just some guy that's a leak with photoshop like a leaker yeah, photoshop. it seems very <laughs> photoshopped some of them seem like okay I'm just going to talk about the old Lando costume for a second. That literally sure. looks like someone just bought yeah. the Lando costume that was on <laughs> during Halloween, the yeah. Halloween, and put it on and then stuck yeah. uh, Billy Dee's head on top of it. Um, yeah, you're totally right. Now, I think we've debunked this. I think it's confirmed fake now. And you're you're totally right. That one stuck out to me. I'm like, oh, weird choice. Right now. What's that? Are you, are you looking at them right now as we're talking about them? No, I'm remembering okay. what the, yeah, and I forgot yep. about the Lando one. And I was like, but that one stuck out to me as being like, huh? Yeah. I, yeah. Weird choice. So, so like, I, it's one of those things where it didn't really ruin it because the only one that I've seen in the past is, is Kylo's helmet. And that photo looks a lot different than the other photos in this array. And seems like it was just taken from that tilted slightly blurred slightly to try to match the other leaked photos. Yeah. Um, the other thing is just like, if you look back at N and it's an alien new alien concept art, yeah, I swear that comes from somewhere else. That looks really familiar yeah. to me. Something else. So I'm a little skeptical, and also, but if it's true, it, to me, it's it's it's, it's still not. We didn't already kind of know or think about. Right. So I will say the only thing that bums me out. They do show Ray if that's what she's. Yeah. Like. I'm a little not not psyched about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not psyched about that either. Um, I, but, I was. I thought that would be great. It, that seems like yeah. a good progression to me. Like, oh, she had a gray outfit in the last one. And yeah. she, she has a different color. I don't, I don't hate it. Does it make sense? Like, it's it, if that's what they're going with, fine. It just seems a little boring to me. That's all. But again, nothing. Not enough lasers or like yeah, exactly. studded collars. Or... Yep. They need a little more. Yeah, more frills. Uh, I don't know. Um, and the Kylo costume next to her is just like, that really looks like someone just put on a black shirt and bought a cape or put a blanket around their head. Like that one is the one where I'm like, I don't think I buy this. I'm out. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. It yeah. it was a yeah. It was a leak, but now I'm beginning to think totally fake. And even if it wasn't, yeah, you're not you're not ruining anything. It's all gonna look different on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something well, else not- is coming that's gonna ruin stuff soon, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> like, and we'll be there. 
we'll be there to filter it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you do see, you do see in that the leaked costume pictures. You do see Dominic Moynihan and Richard E. Grant in those photos. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they're playing characters that we kind of thought they would be playing. So exactly. it's not yeah. a, like a huge. And that actually makes me feel like it is credible. And the droid, yeah. the droid itself, the droid is very the real. It looks very much like a Star Wars droid that you'd see, not, have, not kind of photoshopped thing. I have a feeling some of these are real and some of these aren't. Does that make sense? That it's kind of a hodgepodge, but right, yeah. Like Ray Lando and Kylo might be so safeguarded; they might not even be included in those uh, in those kind of photo, those costume yeah. photo sheets. Yeah. Yeah, cool. right. well, interesting. Very interesting. So yeah, our next segment uh, we're really excited about. This is our first interview with um, an actual uh, person on the other side of the veil um, who's worked for Lucasfilm and um, actually worked pre-Disney Lucasfilm, um, which is really pretty unique thing to see. So um, we got a chance, I got a chance to speak with uh, George Kerstick, um, who wrote three uh, episodes for the Star Wars The Clone Wars um, and had a great conversation with them. So please enjoy and uh, we will see you next week. And now for an exclusive Core World News Intergalactic interview with George Kerstick. Cool, man. George, um, thank you so, so much. We um, are just like, a, you know, just deeply appreciate you talking to us. Um, we really, you know, appreciate you taking your time out. And um, thanks so much for talking to us on uh, Core World News. How are you doing today? No, yeah, it's my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me aboard. And, you know, as we kind of chatted earlier, uh, I, I'm a super nerd. And, you know, <laughs> I'm just happy to talk about, you know, one of my, my loves. And I believe it's your loves and uh, some of your uh, listeners as well. I think so, man. I think so. Yeah, our, we have some diehards on our uh, on our pod, and um, they listen to us. And it's like, yeah, we're we're cost, you know covering the whole the whole media spectrum here. Um, but I, I don't know anyone that doesn't love um, Star Wars, uh, the Clone Wars. Um, it was such a great it was such a great ride through like all six seasons, and um, it's so great to see someone who's who's like a part of birthing that, and then also um, you know, and is has seen behind the veil there of. Uh, Disney and, and, and what's going on. And, and even actually you were there during the Lucas times too, which is pretty cool. I was, I was, and uh, I was just a very, very small part of, you know, getting the clone wars going. Um, and it was actually, that's right. It was before, um, the, uh, the merger with Disney. So yeah. it was Lucas. Yeah. And, um, I was lucky enough to, you know, work with Dave Filoni and Henry Gilroy and Stephen Melching. And those guys are all still there, you know, doing amazing work. Yeah. Um, but it was it was it was fun. It was interesting. It was uh, kind of a unique moment in time for the IP. Um, things were things were kind of quiet um, and we were working, obviously, in, in super secrecy. Um, and that was like the first, you know, in some ways, the first Star Wars TV show yeah. uh, to actually be, you know, delivered, in, you know, in multiple seasons with with big arcs. And now it's like, oh, yeah, there's like gonna be 15 <laughs> shows. Right. So but yeah. at the time, it was really unique and it was kind of like a special experience to actually be part of that. Yeah, totally. It was great. Why don't we roll it back just for a little bit and um, tell me about your earliest memory of Star Wars. So my earliest memory is seeing the first film, um, and I think I didn't see it actually on the initial release. Um, I think it was re-released later, not the not the the update, but I think it was like a few months after. I didn't catch the first release. Oh, cool! It it, it kind of caught 
you know, at least me by surprise because I didn't know anything about it. I didn't see any ads for it or anything. Yeah. Um, and I do remember when I when I saw it the first time. And this is one of my earliest memories. I remember I had to stand on the the, the seat in the theater, <laughs> right? So I was pretty small. Yeah. Um, and you and had of, to you know, stand one, on it, though. You were like, "No, I'm standing for this." <laughs> oh yeah, no, and you know, as a little as a little kid, that first shot, along yeah. with the 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 booming reverberation that was like moving through my body. Um, made a huge impression like that star destroyer coming over me and um i know this is going to sound cheesy but like i remember going like i want to make that like whatever (laughs) that is i want to live in it and i want to make it um and that kind of in a way defined not only me but i would argue multiple generations of you know creative people yeah absolutely that's fantastic man all right, so just fast forward a little bit, and now you, you all of a sudden you're writing stories in this galaxy far, far away. How did you get involved in Clone Wars, man? How did that come about? Yeah, it's it's kind of a funny story. Um, I was working on my own series at Cartoon Network at the time, and it was kind of like a sci-fi robot show. And um, I went to, I forget, I went to, it was like um, an awards show or something like that. Um, uh, for like another animated project. I can't remember what it was exactly, but um, Catherine Winder, who was the original producer of the series, yeah, she approached me and she was like, hey man, like I I dig your show. Uh, Would you be interested in talking to me about another sci-fi show? And I was like, yeah, you know, (laughs) I I love, I love sci-fi. I didn't know who she was. This was years before the, the project was announced. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, the, like sci-fi is where I live. Um, and then, you know, we had a meeting and she told me what it was and, you know, I was, I was flabbergasted. Like I, no one was expecting that. Right. Yeah. No one was expecting that they do an animated series and the clone wars and all that. And it was early, early days. Very few things were sketched out. Um, and you know, she said that, um, she was looking for, uh, animation directors for this. And uh, she said, you know, if you have any names, please give them to me. And one of the names I put together for her on the list was Dave Filoni. No way. Um, Yeah. And he was currently, he was working at Nickelodeon on Avatar and I had a bunch of pals on Avatar. And um, Filoni doesn't remember, but a long, long time ago, Filoni and a few other people who went on to, um, to create shows and animation, this was like 20 years ago, we were playing Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, like the original edition. Yeah, I have it. Dude, was it yeah, with the, like, in the was gold it with, box, right? Yeah, the gold box. I have that. Yeah. Except so mine was, has the expansion pack to include Phantom Menace only. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So you know what I'm talking about. So oh, yeah. this was like, I spent like an afternoon playing, uh, you know, Trivial Pursuit with him. And I was like, I think he's pretty hardcore. And, you know, my pals vouched for him at, um, <laughs> at Avatar. And, um, they initially reached out to my pal Chris Pinowski, who went out to found Titmouse and yes. who does a, a bunch of shows now. And he just we were just gushing his... about their their new animation run with that um, new. I think it's like Galaxies. Yeah, um, yeah, the new stuff. It's funny that it's it came gorgeous. full circle. They pulled pulled him back in. Yeah, re- remind me to talk about that as well. So they reached out to him first, and they're like, "Hey, man, do you want to run this show?" And he was like, "Dude, I just just started my company, Titmouse. Like, I can't like." 
Yeah. You know, I have I have a staff and I have these jobs coming in, so I can't just walk away and do Star Wars, although I'd love to. Um, so then, you know, we passed on the name of um, Dave Filoni. And, you know, some of this is already, you know, legend, but Catherine Winder called him, um, you know, at his office at Avatar. And he was like, oh, you know, she was like, hey, you know, I'm calling from Lucasfilm. And he hung up on her Stop because it. he thought his pals were, you know, like pranking prank him, yeah. on him. I think I have heard said, this story. That's yeah. Awesome. So he was such a such a super nerd that he was like, yeah, that would be my dream job. And he's like, you get, OK, <laughs> who did it? Eventually, that was all worked out. And he came onto the show. Um, and I was on the show and I was working with Henry Gilroy so, and Stephen Melching. So at the very early, early stages on the writing side, there was just a small strike team. So whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, so you got Filoni in and then Filoni got you in? Uh, pretty much. I mean, it was, it was kind of in parallel in that uh, Catherine first reached out to me. Um, and then I, right. I had, you know, I had a list of directors and luckily Filoni said yes. Okay, so she was already looking at you for writing, but she was like, "Hey, do you know anyone else that can help staff us out?" Exactly, exactly. So luckily, we were we were kind of both hired at the same time, which is awesome. Can you just like stop right there for a second for me and just yeah. be like, what kind of nerdgasm did you have like when you were like, "All right, Star Wars, like this is happening." Well, it was it was like joy and fear, right? <laughs> because because it's like, all right, now it's your turn, and we're putting this. We're putting this thing that you know millions and millions of people love as much yeah. as you do. Yeah. Like, don't screw it up. <laughs> do not screw it up, right? Yeah. So, the, so you know, there was a lot of, you know, nights of cold sweats and waking up with the, the night terrors. Um, but uh, it, it seemed to have worked out. It, it did. It did. You did a great job. So, so yeah, that was, that was the early days. And what we do is, uh, every once in a while we'd go up to the ranch and we'd meet and, uh, and then we'd come back down to LA because it's where we all lived. And, you know, we would write up our pitches and scripts and then we'd, we'd pitch each, you know, we'd pitch, uh, Henry Gilroy, who was a story editor. And yep. once in a while we'd go up and present. And one of my earliest meetings, which was great, was, uh, a scene straight out of Citizen Kane. I think it was my first <laughs> meeting at the ranch where, they put me in a room by myself uh, with a script, and I had to read the script. This was the pilot. I had to read the script in the room and leave it there, and it had my name on it. So it was like, you know, super locked down, secretive. But I was like, wow, man, this is totally like Citizen Kane, like <laughs> the, the reporter reading the will or whatever it was. Yeah, totally. Um, so it was a little surreal, and, you know, walking around the ranch, which, you know, like for nerds, that's, you know, Mecca. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, uh, just a, another side story. Sorry, I'm going to have a bunch of nerd stories here. Um, Bring them on. I'm sorry to derail you earlier. This is great. No, no, no. Um, uh, so there was, I think maybe it was my second or third time up there. Uh, you know, we had our meetings and then they have a, where they used to, I haven't been there for a while. They had a, uh, uh, employee only gift store. Right. And they were like, Hey, do you guys want to hit the gift store? Uh, you know, you can get employee discounts. And I was like, well, yes. hell yes. Yeah, absolutely. So. So we walk in there, and they just came out with the first version, and I forget which company made it, but of the, the really good quality lightsabers, right? Oh, yes, the, ones that yeah, had the, the neon Force tube. Effects, yeah. Was it Force Effects? Yeah, I think I so. Think. So they were Those like, were, that hey, was my we're having, thing. yeah, it was, it was amazing. Like, Yeah, you could like, hit oh, each finally. other, and like they looked, they were like good quality handles, like the good grips, they looked like they were like steel, they were nice. Exactly, and so they were like, oh, we're having a sale on the Vader one. I was like, well, yes, thank you very much. So 
I, I'm, you know, I'm at, I'm at the ranch. I'm buying Vader's lightsaber, and I didn't think about the fact that I had to fly home that day. <laughs> so I, you know, I realized this. I was, I was heading back with uh, Stephen Melching, and you know, I get to security. I'm like, oh no, how is this gonna go? And so the guy at security was like, hey man, you're gonna have to stow that. I'm like, if this gets stowed, it's gonna get smashed. Like I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm. I'm sorry, man. Can I talk to your manager? Because I, I I can't let I can't let this go. Um, <laughs> what and then what was great is the manager came and I'm like, this is it. Like I'm, you know, he's gonna stow it and it's gonna get smashed. And he was like, ah, Star Trek, huh? Yeah, go right on. You know, take it on to the the cabin. I was like, I'll take that. Like, sure, man. Yes. You got you got the IP wrong, but thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Anyways, we'll take it. And uh, yeah. yeah, and Vulcan, Death Grip, Peace Sign, and I'll see you. Love it. No, I, I love both country and Western. I'm good, man. I'm good with Spock, <laughs> and I'm good with, uh, you know, um, C-3PO. All right, cool. Not one, not one-to-one, but you, you get the idea. I get, I get your idea. Um, That's good. You're an equal opportunity um, aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is really funny. So you got like one of the first of those things. Yeah. My, my brother and I got, um, those, he had seen some kids playing with them and, um, we were actually having like a, like a lightsaber battle on, um, like, uh, downtown crossing right in the middle of Boston. Cause we didn't even care. We were so excited. Like that these props were so dope. We were like, this is the best ever. Like, we'll just do it. It was great. Yeah, um, man. that's yeah. awesome that you got one of the first of those. That's great. So, so when you say you're using a lot of the Royal we here, so you're talking like you and Dave are working on scripts and, you know, and hanging out at the ranch. Did you, did you ever have contact with, um, George as well? I did not know. Um, Dave was working very closely with him and, uh, also Henry Gilroy, like they were much more, uh, embedded than I was. Okay. I was more, I was more of like the freelancer. Um, and I would come up every once in a while and even Dave, I didn't have much interaction with, wow. um, because, you know, as the show was being ramped up, um, and initially for the first season, it was very much of like, uh, a freelancer team. So most of us yeah. were down in LA and then obviously as things grew and evolved, uh, that changed. Um, but yeah, I was, I was lucky enough to go up once in a while and have a meeting or a pitch session. That's cool. Did you work with like illustrators at all when um, you were fleshing out the script? No, no. Um, in fact, uh, I I had one meeting up there when they walked me through the art department and they showed me the new, which was the old Y-wing design, which you know blew yes. my mind. Yeah. Um, so that was super exciting because that was one of my my favorite ships. Oh, cool. Uh, but what what we would get is, and you know. If you know anything about uh, pre-rendered or 3D animation, yeah. um, it costs a lot to build models. So what they would give us is they would give us this sheet that said what we could use asset-wise. So in the early days, we had to um, write to that. And, you know, as with, you know, other animated series, the deeper you get in seasons, the more assets you have. So we had a limited budget and we can only use so many assets. But, um, you know, on the first, the first season we'd get a sheet and the sheet would tell you like, okay, you've got two new characters we can build, you know, two new ships, wow. one new location, things like that. So even though I wasn't meeting with um, the artists uh, and the designers, we'd get this sheet that would kind of help us, you know, when we were blocking out episodes. That is so cool. So you had like the sexiest grocery list of all time. And I, I must say you picked some awesome ships um, and some awesome characters. Was there any that stood out that you were just like, just like immediately spoke to you. Cause I know like you picked the V 19s, which were like, 
that like that's there's such a cool ship that no one ever talks about and the twilight was in um a couple of your episodes as well were like any of these things that you were like yes i will use those and that yeah definitely and some of those were you know, kind of built in they're like hey you know if you need you know if the story goes this way you need to use this so you know some of that was already kind of pre-built for us um but you know in terms of characters i i enjoyed that i helped uh create and you know name and voice uh i mean i didn't do the voice but i wrote for him yeah. um the Trandoshan um yes. kind of junk junk dealer yeah um, that, was cool. so that, that was a lot of fun but like i think he's like the only like obese Trandoshan that we've seen in the galaxy far far away which is pretty cool right yeah yeah <laughs> didn't he quite made it as like a bounty hunter but he's a pretty good scrap dealer yep Yep, he was a lot of fun. Oh man, that's so, yeah. super great. So, out of um, the three episodes that you worked on, did you have like a favorite? What was the most fun to work on? Well, I'll say you know the anytime I got to play with R two was fun. Yeah, right. Downfall and of Droid any... was probably my favorite of the three. I really had a lot of fun with that. Oh, thanks, man. And um, you know, like initially when we started, you know, pitching out stuff. Um, I was talking to, you know, Henry, um, and, uh, and he, you know, he was like, Hey, what characters are you interested in? I was like, okay, number one, Boba Fett. He's like, Nope, nope. take it off the table right now. No one gets to touch Boba. And I was like, okay, number two, R2D2. So they gave me, you know, um, a couple episodes where R2D2 was, was featured. And then, you know, I also found, uh, that I really enjoyed writing for a younger version of Obi-Wan that's, that spoke to me and, and yeah. that felt, that felt really, really cool. Um, and then, uh, a funny story about Anakin is I kept writing Anakin to evil. That was the note that I kept getting. And I was like, well, he's going to become Darth Vader. Like we have to express, you know, you know, he's, he's already on the path. So I want to explore that. Um, but rightly so, you know, George pushed back, um, you know, via the notes that I got from both Henry and, and Dave, like, Hey man you're you're trying to accelerate it too much like he's still he is the hero of this this show um so that was that was a great learning experience for me and i think where you arrived was ended up being pitch perfect and uh, we talked about it actually in extent um in the uh in the last our last podcast um it because I, i don't know if you read the comics at all but there's a new series out called age of the republic um it's like this like love letter to like all the main characters through the first six movies have you heard of this at all I have not. I have not. But uh, funny enough, you mentioned the comics. Um, I was having lunch with a bunch of pals at Blizzard, and they were just raving about um, a series uh, of comics that was focused on Vader. And I think yes. that Dr. Doctor Afra is introduced in it. And there's actually a panel that we quote at least once a week in our story rooms. And you probably know it, but it's Vader facing down a bunch of rebels. And, yep. he's, and the line is something like, uh, you know, hey, you're you're surrounded, Lord Vader, and he's like, I'm surrounded no, by nothing but fear and dead men, or and something dead like men, that. Yeah, right? epic, um, epic. Yeah, and and I'm like, that's all I need to know. Like that panel, I think, speaks to the Vader that I've always had in my head, where he's like, he will not back down, um, and he he really doesn't care about the plans of mortals. Yeah, um, dude, you, I mean, you've you've got it like dead on, and yeah, that was a great thing. There's actually been two Vader series that have come out. Um, but the most recent one, and actually my Adam is the expert, and right now my brain is totally fried, and I'm not thinking of the writer, which I totally should know. Um, but the the recent one is is as astounding, and it's like takes place like right after the turn, and he's has to make his own lightsaber, and he builds the the recent arc was building Fortress Vader, 
But um, this this recent comic that came out, it's like I said, there's these love letters to all these characters, and the one that came out last week was on Anakin, and I mean, it is it resonates completely with Downfall of a Droid. Um, it's like the same thing. It's like um, Admiral Yularen is there. It's Anakin. It's um, it's Obi Wan. It's like it's it's like it's taken from like they must have watched yours and being like your episode Downfall of Droid, and be like that's the era I want to do it in. And, um, and it's exactly that. And, and it also, and he waffles the exact same way where it's just sort of like, he has that moment where he's just like, maybe I should just kill everybody, you know, like that, that sort of Anakin <laughs> thing that's like, he's pissed yeah. and he's just like, maybe I should just destroy everybody. And, um, and, uh, it's, it's just, yeah, it, it was really sort of a weird uh, coincidence that I had just watched, you know, rewatched your episode and then, um, and then read that that comic just came out because it's the exact it's like the exact same time period. They used all the same, you know, the V19s are in that episode too. Oh, nice! And the um, the the dope like Anakin armor with like that's like black and purple, and um, it's it's really cool stuff. So I'll check it out. Check it out. It's um, it's it's very good, and you'll you'll get a good laugh um over that. But um, yeah, man, you did such a good job, sort of like picking out that like the, you know the dichotomy of anakin um as a as you know as a, as a hero and an anti-hero at the same time right on right on. well as with any any kind of you know uh art form in you know in terms of media it's a collaborative effort it's you know uh, i think the saying is what success has many fathers i would argue that you know <laughs> success has many fathers and mothers and um yeah. you know so it's it is a huge team effort yeah, absolutely. Was is there one per, person you can shout out in particular that was instrumental in um, sort of being a good mentor to you? Absolutely. Well, it was it was a lot of people. It was you know Catherine Winder. It was uh, Henry Gilroy who who was the story editor. It was yeah. Stephen Melching who was a great partner. And, and uh, Stephen, they just announced that he's on the new show. Um, so I'm glad that he's he's still with the IP. Oh, um, which new show? Um, and forgive me, I'm blanking. It's oh, the, resistance. It's, is it resistance? Yeah. So he's on the resistance, one that's currently right? yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So he's yeah. on that show that was announced. So, um, and of course, Filoni, who is kind of the vision holder of the right. of the whole project. Yeah, it, that's a really fun. Um, that's a really fun series. They're in like episode 15 now, and um, it's cool. It has. It's very much Star Wars. Is like a million lore drops, which are really cool, and um, and yet they're <laughs> they're sort of fleshing out a different time period, which is sort of like post Jakku pre force awakens um and oh nice yeah doing good stuff man um so like I, we don't have time to go through all the episodes but um can i just ask you a couple questions about downfall of a droid just if, so i can pull out one sure um, of course so so like the like are there any rules around the first quote that's that you have there trust in your friends and they'll have a reason to trust in you was that all you or was it like you know like oh we need to you know was there some was that a collaborative effort yeah, it was absolutely a collaborative effort, and a lot of those George had heavy input into in the in the early uh, scripts. Wow! Um, so I, that may that one may have come straight from George on that one. Cool, cool. Yeah. And then um, you you it was like over Bothawai. Like, are you a Bothans fan, or did you, like was that a, a of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta get that reference in there. Yeah. Nice. Um, so is uh, Grant is a big Bothans fan. He may or may not have a use. Uh, 
Reddit user um, that has Bothan Spy involved in it. So, um, oh yeah, um, which is great. Um, what about like the war sequences? Like there was so much great war stuff there. Like there were ATTEs on asteroids flanking, yes. you know, destroyers yes. and ships. Like was that yeah. you? Was this just like some fantasy that you had, or like you know, where did all that great information come from? I think I think that came from kind of us jamming together. Um, and, you know, obviously I love giant robots and I love space tanks. Um, uh, so I, I can't say that that was my idea, but I think, you know, in jamming, we'd always be like, what if, you know, can we do this? Yeah. And, uh, you know, another aspect of that, of that was, I think we had those models built, right? Yeah. So, so we had our, we had our, you know, tableau of toys and we're like, Hmm, okay. So we have those built, so that won't cost anything. What if we put them on some asteroids, which are also built? Let's see where we go from here. So those were the early, early days before we had many assets built, you know, in the latter seasons, you, you had a lot more in your tool chest. Um, but I think it was a, it was a combination of all those things. Yeah. It's, it's funny looking at the animation style. I mean, I, I've watched them all, um, twice, and then um, went back through, and it, it is sort of funny to go through the early iterations of like where the animation was, and then like towards the end where they had a lot more research. You know, it's a lot more refined towards you know season five and six. Absolutely, yeah, really absolutely. good at spider legs and whatnot. Um, <laughs> and then, um, so what happens when you're like, okay, I want them to say I've got a bad feeling about this. Like, is that like what happens in the room when you you um, want to bring up that line? Well, what was interesting, it was kind of like a, an ongoing conversation, and we initially started really, really hardcore, super nerdy, right? Yeah. And then we got a little uh, bit of pushback from George, and so we, we had to find the balance, right? Because yeah. we were we were like, you know, just imagine four nerds in a four hardcore Star Wars nerds in a room going like, "Oh, we get to write a Star Wars script, woo!" You know, <laughs> so yeah. it, it, it was it was a little too much, and so we had to dial it back. Um, and then you kind of see that as the series goes on, like, you know, you have, I think you have moments where we did cross the line and we went a little too nerdy. And then other times where you're, where you're like, oh man, they could have actually said, I got a bad feeling of this right now, about about this right now. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of a, a, an ongoing kind of evolution. Wow. That's really amazing, man. That's really cool that it's sort of like, you just like get notes from like George and be like, all right, all right, we got to dial it down, dial it down. (laughs) That's good though. I mean, if I would have done the same thing, it's like, let's just push it until like, you know, like that's that's a badge of honor you should wear. That George was like, that's too nerdy. <laughs> yeah, push it. Yeah, push it till it breaks. Yeah, like you had like IG eighty sixes in there too. Like, that. yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So and initially, initially, we were trying to, we had to figure out the lore on that one. Um, I think the for the IG eighty sixes, we actually built built those models. So those are ones that we actually Ooh, nice. you know asked for. Uh, but yeah, we were like, what kind of what kind of droid or what kind of threat can we create here? And then we kind of dived into the lore and then we looked at kind of IG 88's history and then we we rolled it back a bit and we created some new lore. So that was a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. Great. That's such, that's a great that they gave you that sort of, uh, that lead to, to work with. Um, and you got the twilight in there. Was that, was that a ship that you were like, yes, that, that, that stuck out to you? Well, that was kind of again. It was a, it was a group effort, and it was an ongoing conversation of what we what we can and can't do in that particular episode. Cool, man. All right, last question about that episode, and I'll, I'll stop growing. Of course, but um, no, no, no. R three S six. What what's that? Where did that come from? So I can't remember where the name came from. I think it might have come, or the, the designation. I think it came from Goldie. Henry. Okay, Go, and then 
And then Goldie, I think initially, I forget what I pitched out, but it didn't work. We wanted to give, you know, we wanted to make him more appealing and more, more kind of uh, trustworthy. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, we gave that to Ahsoka to kind of try to ease <laughs> and help help Anakin into accepting him. Yeah. Uh, but obviously that didn't take. Yeah, he, he uh, there was a tough learning curve for old Arth, for Goldie. Um, yeah. But yep. uh, that's pretty funny, man. That's great. So how, you've, you've done a lot of work now. Um, what, how is writing Star Wars different from writing for other shows? Well, what's, what's interesting is that uh, previous to that, I worked on, you know, other IPs. Yeah. Um, and then, and then after that, I worked on other IPs, and uh, it's the the main takeaway. Like I, I've I've created my own show, and then I've worked on other people's uh, shows. The, the The difference is that you have um, it's just a different box, right? Yeah. One box you create for yourself, and the other box is created for you. And you know, some people may see that as a bad thing, but what I've found as a writer and as a creator. We need those boxes. Those yeah. boxes actually help us. They make us more creative and more imaginative because I've sat in rooms with incredibly talented creators and writers. And if you tell us blue sky, whatever you want to do, we'll sit there for days <laughs> and just be overwhelmed by the possibilities. Exactly. Um, so I found those const- constraints actually quite liberating. Um, and when you, when you create your own world, if you don't put those down for yourself, um, you, you're, you're, you're building a path to ruin. Um, but, uh, you know, an, another difference is that if you create your own world, the headaches are all yours. <laughs> but if you, yeah. if you work in someone else's world, you can kind of share the headaches. <laughs> cool. That makes a lot of sense, man. That's very profound. Dig it. That's so great. Um, so Clone Wars is coming back, man. We're going to get a new 12 all new episode, um, season going on. How did yeah. you feel about hearing that news? Like, um, what do you want to see I, I, happen in the new season? Uh, I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's, um, there's a number of reasons why I think it's awesome. One is it's a love letter to the fans, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, some things were left on unresolved. Yeah. And, and I think that, I think it's. I think it's a great kind of, um, uh, you know, it's kind of a handout to fandom in that, like, hey, you know, we still care. We, we're all one family. We still love the same thing. So I think it's a wonderful kind of um, yeah. uh, 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 kind of a symbol, you know, by, by Lucasfilm and Disney saying, like, okay, we've heard you, uh, and we want to make the things that you love as well. It's kind mm-hmm. of like, you know how like you constantly hear like Netflix is doing this thing which I really loved They're, like for instance Dark Crystal or whatever it's like right, yeah. this thing that I thought was dead and I thought I was the only nerd who loved it Netflix is making it well I think that's what Disney is doing with Clone Wars they're like you love a thing you thought it was over we hear you hear some more right, right. which I think it's is like awesome. recognition to the fans being like I know you're out there you know Clone Wars fans prequel fans like this is for you Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and you did such a great job specifically with uh, Ahsoka. And, um, yeah, I think it's great to, like, you know, like, I, I, I had my doubts going into that, just being like, wow, all right, here's a brand new character, and she's going to be right front and center. Um, and you know, she's she turned out to be amazing. And 
I think fandom really embraced her and um it's and and you see like with this new season like people are stoked it's going to be like an Ahsoka centric season and it's going to be great so yeah she's wonderful yeah and I totally I totally blanked on Ahsoka and talking about writing her she she was actually the easiest to write yeah um, oh, really? because that 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 POV felt so like good and pure yeah. and she was our eyes in right yeah um so it was it was actually it was a joy and and, you know, it kind of flowed like water when, when I wrote Ahsoka. She was great. You know, I mean, you said you love R2 and Ahsoka has been great. And you said, mentioned Boba Fett. Was there any other characters that you, um, that would have been, would or would be um, high on your list to write about or write for? Um, I think I wrote a little bit of Yoda. That was awesome. Oh, yeah, you did. Um, I, th- I think I wrote a little bit of uh, Mace. Nice. Uh, and that was that was really cool. I wish I had more more screen time with Mace. I mean, we um, didn't really see him die, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you want to open that uh, that sure conversation? Um, <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying, so maybe wish, it I could wish... happen. It's not out, out of the realm of possibility. Uh, of course, yeah. No, I wish I had more time with Mace. Definitely. Cool, man. Oh, that's awesome. That's really great. Um, all right. So another, I think I mentioned sort of the three of us on the pod sort of have our divisions. Um, one of my divisions is I'm the, the guy that bangs his head against star Wars battlefront too. Um, and, um, I play a lot. I've played hundreds and hundreds of hours on both two and one. Do you, have you played it all? So, um, I did, um, I have to say, you know, and this is like my personal take on things because I do work in games. Like, yeah, I love the I love the story, but the gameplay I just couldn't couldn't get past it. Like it, it didn't it it didn't feel smooth. It didn't feel great, um, and it broke me out of it. Yeah. Um, whereas the earlier you know uh, the earlier versions of the game were amazing. Like I spent I spent I lost months to those games. Yeah. Um, so you know especially when you could play co-op and you can put your pal in the Y-Wing, like, I lost yes. my mind. Like, yes. I was like, I'm just going to continue doing bombing runs. I don't care about the mission. I'm going to do this until the, the clock runs down. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah I, I felt that it was a missed opportunity. And, you know, I felt that all the the ancillary media, like, the book was wonderful. I think it was, like, Inferno Squad. Um, and, you know, the story of the game was great, but the, the gameplay really knocked me out of that whole experience. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you, man. I'm I'm currently on a timeout, which are few and far between. But um, it, it's been, you know, I was like, oh, dude, Dooku just came out, and I'm like, oh, that's great. But it's like all the blocks are broken, the sword, you know, the lightsaber fighting is really tough, and it's inconsistent. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. you know what, God of War is a really good game. I'm gonna go play that. <laughs> I'm gonna go platinum that real quick, and then you know maybe see where they are um, next month. But, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, my hope is that you know. Uh, Disney and Lucas and, and whoever they partner with, or if they continue their relationship with EA, you know, I know that they can land it. Um, yeah. And as a fan, I can't wait to, to play that next game. Um, but before I forget, I mentioned um, uh, a story about uh, my pal Chris Pranowski and Star Wars. So, yes. so he said no to Clone Wars. Okay. But what's funny is now that he and Titmouse are doing the new. Uh, animated shorts where they're kind of re-envisioning these classic moments yeah, from yeah, the awesome. films and they yeah they're amazing and i don't say that because i know them because usually I'm, I'm super hard on my friends like and i would yeah. tell them i'm like your stuff is crap man but this stuff <laughs> is dope. 
phenomenal it's phenomenal there is that and you know i was i just had a a story meeting i think yesterday and i was just talking about this moment so and i'm sure you know what i'm talking about there's the moment um that recreates the scene when ben first gives luke his lightsaber right yes and if you watch the film footage it's very like a subdued and calm and he turns it on and he gives it a a few kind of moves um but when you watch that the animated piece like he turns it on and his and his hair comes back and there's all yes. this kinetic, kinetic motion i'm like that's exactly how i felt when i first saw that scene yeah. so like hats off to the the directors and the art directors who are doing that stuff because they actually captured the emotional context of those scenes and, and kind of transcribed them to 2d so they're doing a, a, an amazing job like hats off to all my pals working on that, both at Lucas and at Disney and at Titmouse. It's just beautiful, beautiful. I, I 100% agree. It was actually Grant who was the one that caught that first. And we've, you know, we've, we cover pretty much everything, but we were thinking like, all right, where are we going to draw the line? And like, all right, maybe we'll stop at the young adult stuff and we're not going to, all right, we're not going to go into very young books, but we've ended up sort of like watching it and watching it and watching it. And um, Grant was the one that caught uh, the most recent one. It was the, it's the battle between um, Darth it's Yoda Vader and, and Dooku. Or it's actually it? it's the one after that. It's uh, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. Oh, and it's, Epi- it's Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Yep. And um and, and like the the amazing thing is that they're all with the the score and the sound effects and the sound design yep. and, and like nothing and none of that has changed. Which of course for me is like that's the the core the bones of of Star Wars. And um but yeah it's it's astounding. It's flabbergasting and really good. And they they're doing an amazing job. So. I would suggest that uh, along with you to, to anyone. So really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, cool, man. Beautiful. All right. Well, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I'm just sort of looking. No worries. To see it. Um, I'm happy to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> dude, great. Yeah, us too. This is this sort of was birthed out of just a need inside me that was like, let's just talk about Star Wars, Star Wars every week and we'll do a podcast. So yeah, it like, seems off, like it's man. official. Like, I, know, I know podcasts are a lot of work and you take time off, you know, from yeah. – spending time with your families and you know work and you know it's it's a thing that we all you know appreciate as fans are you know what you and other podcasters do so hats off guys thanks man thanks we love doing it it just it's we've often said it's our favorite time of the week and we have pretty good lives, so it's <laughs> not that say much um all right one more question and then we'll do um the hyperspeed hot takes which is our what we'll call this segment, but um, just how do you feel in general about the new films? Like you have a very unique perspective where you were, you know, right on that line. Like you were just there for the mm-hmm. very end of the, the Lucas um, Lucas film, and then yeah. before uh, Disney Lucas film. So um, how are you feeling about the new films and how what Disney and Kathleen Kennedy are doing with um, with the IP? Well, that's a that's a super broad question. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what I'll say is like, I think that. Um, they were posed kind of an impossible task, right? Yeah. Um, and as we know, as fans and as people who, you know, interact with fandom and make stuff for fandom, you cannot make everyone happy. It's impossible. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, their mandate, which is everyone's mandate, which is, you know, my mandate at Blizzard is to speak to a global audience, to speak to, um, old fans, new fans, people who don't even know your IP. Yeah. Uh, it's very it's very difficult, right? So the challenges are immense. Um, so, you know, I think that they, you know, did a Herculean job of trying to bridge those gaps and trying to, you know, in addition to that, tell 
uh, a unique story and move, you know, the, the, the story overall forward. Um, and I think that there were some missteps. I think we probably all know what those are. Um, but I would say, you know, that there is, uh, there's only learning to be done and, you know, take the lessons forward. Yeah. Um, uh, my heart is kind of broken that, that fandom kind of got so divisive. Yeah. Um, it, and, it felt you know, unified before, right? Like before this. It, it did. It felt. It felt like a family. It felt like we were all, you know, kind of dreaming the same dream. And I think that changed. And I don't think that's necessarily um, the IP. I think it's just the world has changed. Yeah. Um, and you know, you can't put that all on uh, a fantasy movie about space wizards. <laughs> right it, it, so, yeah, indeed it's yeah, in fact it's, it's, it's unfair to superimpose on that exactly i'm just about to say it's unfair it is unfair yeah cool all right man appreciate it all right are you ready for hyperspeed hot takes uh, i'll try man i'll probably wreck it but yeah fire away how can we wreck what's never been done before right um, okay <laughs> all I'll right find so, hey you've never played a star wars rpg with me i, I will wreck it. <laughs> that sounds like a challenge um all right. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Uh, X-Wing or TIE Fighter? Oh, man. These are, you're starting off hard. Uh, Sorry, we don't have softballs on this, this podcast. It's yeah, just fine. We'll yeah, just write to it. Fastballs that's, on that's really difficult, man. Because like, if, you, if you saw my place, you'd see I have a lot of both. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll speak to each one. Like, I think for the X-Wing, there's a wonderful design to it. Like it, it speaks to like the joy of flight and it speaks to kind of an avian quality and it doesn't feel predatory. It feels more beautiful. And then the TIE fighter just speaks to like, you know, mass produced fear, uh, which in a way is kind of awesome as well. And, (laughs) you know, I, I play a lot of, you know, tabletop gaming, um, you know, and I play a lot of the, the star Wars games, both RPG and tabletop. So, I field a lot of fleets of, of both of those. Um, and, you know, this might go a little bit off off the rails here, but one thing I do love playing is uh, Armada. Oh, and yeah. I always, play, I always play Empire because the shape of the capital ships yep. and, like, the, the visual language of those ships is so, like, it's antithetical to nature. Yes. And it's so horrifying. Like I love I love just the visual impact of that on a battlefield. So yeah. So that's not quite what you asked. I'm but... hearing TIE Fighter. <laughs> I'm hearing TIE Fighter out of you. <laughs> I think there's 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 pluses to both. Okay, done and done. All right, next one. Uh blaster or lightsaber? Lightsaber. Lightsaber. Okay. And I think it's for the reason that, you know, Lucas created it because it harkens back to, you know, samurai films. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, the elegance of that blade and, you know, the the code of Bushido and, you know, the, the story of the, the masterless samurai and, you know, Toshiro Mifune and all that stuff. Yep. So absolutely lightsaber. I just learned that um, actually that, that was uh, his first choice for Obi-Wan Kenobi was Toshiro Mifune. I read that a while ago. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Um, OK. <laughs> uh, Jedi or Sith? Hmm. I think I would have to say Jedi, but, but having said that, you know, I've been uh, exploring this idea of gray Jedi 
which you've probably heard of of, of the great Jedi. Sure which is, Yeah, which is <laughs> is more more of a servant of the balance. Right. Um, which is interesting. And again, excuse me while I nerd up. Um, our current uh, Star Wars RPG that we're playing at Blizzard. Ah. I am I am a force sensitive who is now struggling between the light and the dark. Mm. Um, and I'm and I'm trying to stay between the two because I think they're both. You know, you can go extreme in either way, as we saw at the Jedi Council did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say Grey Jedi. How's that? Do you, all right. You you just said Grey Jedi, so which is not something that's said much on our um, on our podcast. Um, but uh, do you think this might that might be where that um, Disney's sort of headed in the next film? Because it seems like they're playing around with some dualities with both characters now. They might, they might, you know, and I, I don't know what the path is because they seem to have split yeah. that conversation into two people. So I don't know if they're going to bring it back, um, but I'm curious to see because now we have, you know, as you, as you know, like, you know, in um, the last film, in the, the, the top of the third act, you're like, oh man, they're going to team up like this. Right. What, what, is, what does this mean? But then they, they went their opposite ways. So right. At that team up moment, you know, I think at that moment when they were fighting back to back, they were both gray Jedi. Right. Um, and then they're like, "Whoa, whoa, what are we doing? Hold on, no, no, I'm a Sith. Hold on, no, I'm a, I'm right. you know, a regular Jedi." So, just think about that when you watch that scene. Yeah, it's it's hard it's hard not to, and then to see after because clearly Kylo's a pretty, pretty you know troubled uh, person. It seems like he's constantly like is he pulled in both directions is he you know is he really evil like it'll be interested to see how that goes but you know ray less so you know she she dabbled on the wrong side of the tracks for a little bit but i feel like she's probably pretty good i think uh, so yeah. we will see all right uh favorite color lightsaber red Darth vader all the way nice classic love it <laughs> um who would you want to teach you the ways of the force i think it would have to be mace mace like it how come mace uh you know to speak to that it felt like in the prequels mace was the one who was most on top of things it felt like he knew something was really really wrong here right yeah it's just that he he got there too late like and and that was the thing that you know we when we were watching the films and i'm sure you and your fandom even now we're like dude the jedi council should have been more on this they should have been more aware they should have been more you know force sensitive to what's going on here yeah uh so i feel that mace actually speaks to that it's like i don't have the full picture but something is really wrong here <laughs> and you know and if you remember he's he's kind of the first one who confronts uh sidious oh yeah he's like so, let's do it he rounds up a posse and he's like let's move yep yep exactly so um i would say mace i love it that's a good one that's a good one um <laughs> If you had all the films laid out in front of you right now, which would you watch? Right now, interesting. I think that's I would more. watch, man, that's a hard question. And I do have them all laid out in front of me. <laughs> um, so I, I think I would watch Rogue One right now. Nice. How come? Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, just a little bit of... Uh, that kind of boots on the ground combat, you know, no Jedi, uh, just, you know, people, mortals dealing with, you know, this, this galactic machine of, of war and destruction and, and trying to find, you know, not only moments for themselves, but moments to, you know, to carry on the fight. 
Awesome, man. Really cool. Um, so there's there's two new live action shows that are going to be coming out on Disney Plus, uh, The Mandalorian and then the uh, not named Diego Luna, um, which will actually take place around um, Rogue that Rogue One era or pre Rogue One era. Um, which one are you looking forward to more? I think all of them, right? Can I say that? Like yeah. everything that's everything that's coming, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think uh, the the thing that most excites me is and we talk about this a lot in Blizzard, is taking the camera and throwing it to another part of the universe. Like, show me what's going on somewhere over there. Yeah. You know, I I, I love the Skywalker saga, and, you know, I love the main true story, but that's what I, I found refreshing, even though we were in continuity of Rogue One. Yeah. So I can't wait to see those smaller stories or, the, you know, the band of brothers in the Star Wars universe or wherever we're going. Like, take that camera and throw it far from the Skywalkers, and then tell me that story. Yeah, that's cool. That's a that's a good way to put it. Um, all right, what is your favorite aspect of Star Wars? Uh, the Force, uh, the warfare, or the politics, or is there there one dynamic that you like more than others? <laughs> well, first of all, these questions are awesome, and secondly, it's funny you ask that question because my six year old son was asking me that a few weeks ago. <laughs> that's so, about right we're at about a six um six year old learning no level. no no this is beautiful i mean this is <laughs> it's you know it, the, the questions that come from six-year-olds are right. the most important yes. um amazingly my and, child and, and how i how i explained it to him was i really like the droids mm. yeah and i really like the technology yes yeah that's cool that was some of my favorite parts of solo like they spent a lot of time like in the falcon like working with the machinery and doing like all these crazy things. There was like a lot of assembling guns and like, you know, rerouting, like, you know, if they, and I just like pressing buttons and I don't know. I just thought that was like all that stuff really just like brings the galaxy home to me. And um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's a very kind of tactile aspect of the galaxy. It's yeah. not all hollow holograms. Yeah. I'm hoping we, um, I'm hoping we see some more droids in episode nine. If there was a, if there was a droid army in um, episode nine, I wouldn't be upset about that. Um, <laughs> we'll see, I guess, in a few months. We'll see. Yeah, who knows? Um, all right. Uh, in your eyes, who is the best pilot to ever grace the galaxy? Uh, okay. So I'm going to say Anakin slash Darth Vader. Yes. And, and the reason I say that is he survived at the end of A New Hope. Like Truth. that, that takes an amazing pilot to do, right? Even though he got taken out by his wingman, yeah. his, his ship was damaged. His base of operations exploded underneath him. <laughs> he still landed that, that ship. So I'm going to give it to him, man. Fair Sorry, enough. Luke. Fair enough. That is, yeah, there you go. That's, that's about right. Um, do you have a favorite planet? I think Dagobah. Dagobah, cool, yeah. Uh, and mo multiple reasons, but it's, you know, it's a swamp planet. Um, it, it felt like a very uh, kind of visceral live planet. It, it spoke to kind of life. Yeah. And, and then also you had the moment where Luke had to confront himself there. So darkness. I think, yeah. I think there's, a, there's a great deal of uh, like uh, emotional resonance to that planet in terms of, you know, what we saw as viewers. Cool. Cool. All right. 
R2 or uh, C3PO? Yeah, that's funny. My my son asked me that question a few days ago <laughs> as well. <laughs> I like your son. He's got great. I like where his head's at. <laughs> um, it would be R2. Um, I have. A, I'm looking at a whole shelf of R2 figures right here. Um, nice. It would be R2. Yeah, definitely R2. Cool. I, 3PO has been getting better in the the new expanded universe. He has like his own spy network of droids all over the galaxy. So he's actually becoming a little more um, badass as the time goes on. But awesome. um, yeah, can't awesome. can't argue with R2, man. He's he's the best. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Anakin or Vader? Vader, Vader. Oh. I think because he's you know as a villain, he's the fully realized form of Anakin. Mm. Um, and he he went from, um, you know, wrestling with all of these feelings and plans to actually doing them um, and becoming, you know, and becoming the, a great cinematic villain. Again, you know, go, going back to that that comic book panel, which I think encapsulates him um, in many ways, he shares a lot of traits of Dr. Doom where he is unrepentant. Yeah. Um, he, he has a plan. His plan makes sense to him, um, even though it's, it's horribly, horribly destructive. Um, but as a reader or a viewer, uh, you can't empathize, but you can understand his logic. Yeah. Wow. Really well said, man. I've never, I haven't really looked at it quite that way where he's like the, actually the realized Anakin. That's so, it's so very true, man. That's very cool. Um, all right. Ewoks or Porks? <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, a quick story about Porgs. So, All right. uh, my good pal James Waugh is uh, vice pre- president at Lucas, and he is uh, a member of the story group. And when I started seeing all the Porg stuff, uh, I, I was just constantly harassing him and sending him texts and going, what, <laughs> what are you, what, what is this Porg stuff, right? And he picked up on my Porg hate, so he started trolling me severely so we got into like this porg battle before before the release of the last film and my family got involved as well so anytime that they could take a picture with a porg or buy a porg or put a porg sticker on something of mine they they did it so the i've i've now come to love porg so oh really so even though they haunted you 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 went the other way and you're like you embraced the porg I embraced the Porg. I embraced the Porg, um, especially after I saw the film. And then um, for Ewoks, so Ewoks, as a, a child watching the films, the the only problem I had with the Ewoks, like I, I understand why it was done and it made it, you know, made it easy for and accessible for younger viewers. I totally get that. The only problem I had was, and I, I know this has been debated uh, amongst the fans, uh, you know, for, for decades, how they could take down crack Imperial stormtroopers. Like I just didn't buy it. Even <laughs> as a kid, I'm like, I can't, I'm sorry, dude. I can't. Even watching not, it happen. I'm, you just couldn't buy in, huh? I'm not with you on this. Yeah. Especially like they're throwing rocks on them. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm sorry. I they were kind of big it. rocks. <laughs> I, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. And you know, it was, it was explained to me like, you know, this is a kind of a, a, a veiled, um, you know, version of Vietnam and how we overextended ourselves and we thought technology would, you know, get us yeah. out of this fight yeah. and we lost. And I'm like, I get all that. It just wasn't executed to a believable uh, standard, at least for my, you know, preteen eyes. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. That makes a lot of sense. You've got, you've clearly put a lot of thought into these. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're, we're really much. running Way you through the much. layers. 
Okay, um, only I got two more for you. Uh, favorite bounty yeah. hunter? Uh, Boba Fett, obviously. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a shelf of Boba Fett's here now. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, and then, you know, we, we talked about it, but when they were like, all right, what would be your favorite character you want to write an episode? I was like, Boba Fett. Like, <laughs> Before no, they finished no, their no, sentence, you were like, Boba yeah, Fett. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, Boba Fett. Um, um, cool. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, all right, and then uh, last one, do you have a favorite monster? Is there a monster that you sort of love? It would, it would either be between the Sarlacc or the Dianoga. I'm gonna go with Dianoga. Ooh, nice from the um, from the trash compactor, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which I only knew what it looked like by having the toy. <laughs> you had the Dianoga toy. That's awesome. Yep, yeah. It I came don't... with the the the, the playset. Yeah. There, um, I don't know if you've read from a certain point of view, but um, they have a chapter from the Dianoga's point of view. So, oh, really? Uh, if you haven't no, seen that, it's you know, it'll give you new depth, a new new layer there to the Dianoga for you. Love it, love it. Awesome, um, George Kirstick, you are dope, man. Thank you so much for being nice um, person, man. So like, so you know, uh, great and open about this, and you're clearly a big fan, and. Um, this has been My awesome. Pleasure. This has been really elucidating, and um, good good luck in all you're doing. Do you want to um, uh, actually before we go, man? What are you working on now? Is there anything you want to plug? Um, something that you're that you're working on that you want to tell people about? Well, I can't I can't really plug what I'm working on. I'm at Blizzard now, um, so we're looking okay. working on a lot of cool stuff that's going to come out in sometime in the future. Nice. Um, but uh, you know, one thing I will say before I end, we should do this again. I had a lot of fun. Um, I have a lot of pals in the various industries who are also hardcore fans. Um, so if you guys want other people, if you want me to come back, uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, that sounds amazing, man. That's really generous of you. And, um, it is really great. So, um, thanks so much, man. And good luck in all you're doing. All right. Thanks again, guys. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.